Today I will be reading from Psalm 51, verses 11 and 12. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Thank you for that reading, Evan. You know, as Christians, we're often in the Bible asked to rejoice at some strange times. Uh, Sometimes that you and I might not feel like rejoicing. Um, There are times in the Bible we're told to uh, consider it all joy when we fall into various trials. And when I think of what I want to do during, during trials and hardship and difficulty and struggle, experiencing joy just isn't the natural human response that I have to that. There's something about the Bible that is calling us to challenge our natural human responses to things and to try to experience even joy through those. Uh, Another example is persecution. Like persecution is something that you would think the natural response would be anger. Uh, The natural response would be uh, fear or or uh, frustration. And yet in that, the Bible calls us to rejoice, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Uh, Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We're told that the disciples, after being beaten, literally beaten, they went on their way rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer for the name of Christ. And one of the things that you see with all of those examples is that there's some reason given that gives meaning and significance even to the suffering that they're going through. Whether it's the trials that will help uh, build patience in us and and help us uh, to be able to overcome and and be stronger to to battle things in the future. Or it's the persecution that that connects us to various other prophets and Jesus himself who suffered and we get to share in fellowship with him in that. Or whether it's recognizing that the kingdom of heaven, God's reign is for you when you find yourself suffering. Or that Suffering itself is a, is a compliment from God that you're worthy to endure the same treatment as Christ. And it's, it's, it's a vote of confidence that God thinks that you can overcome this. And, and those are mindsets that the early church had to develop because the reality is that joy is not and rejoicing is not a natural human response to pain and suffering. And this world is fraught with pain and suffering. And so as Christians, if we're going to face that, we have to find ways, and the Bible challenges us to find ways to to view our suffering through a lens of Christ that changes the way that we experience it. Uh, One of the, our theme for the year is Christ vision. It's the idea of viewing things through the lens of Christ, viewing things as Christ did, and viewing things differently as we look through our relationship with Christ at, at those things. And suffering and pain and trial and persecution, those are the types of things that naturally you would not see the way the Bible is calling us to. But with Christ vision, you might be able to see them in new forms and in new glimpses that can give you joy even through the most trying times. Philippians chapter 1, Paul is in prison. He is suffering. He is excluded from people who uh, he loves. He's unable to uh, do the work, at least as he saw himself doing it as an apostle. And he's there and he comes to find out that while he's in prison, there are others who hate him, who are uh, fellow Christians or supposedly supposed to be Christians who hate him. And they're trying to cause him further harm while he's in prison. And they're preaching the gospel, but they're doing it out of selfishness. They're doing it as a means to, 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 uh, to harm Paul and even for their own uh, self-gratification. It's like all of that 
all of that is bad news. Like, there's not a single thing there that you hear and think, oh, that's wonderful. And yet, as Paul looks at it, he says, this is what he writes in in, uh, Philippians chapter 1, I want you to know that all these circumstances I'm going through, they've actually turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. I've been able to preach the gospel to all of the guards here and to to others who are uh, here that I'm with in this prison. And you know what? Even those people who are trying to harm me and are preaching the gospel selfishly, their motives are, are terrible. But guess what? People are still hearing the gospel because of them. And Jesus is still being proclaimed. And it's like, even while he's in prison, even while he's suffering, even while there's people out there with bad motives doing harmful things, he can look at those through the lens of Christ and end up saying, for this reason, I will rejoice. Yes, I will always rejoice. That's how he concludes this section. And then he goes on to talk about the fact that he's actually facing possible death. He doesn't know whether he'll be delivered or whether he'll end up dying there. And he's learned to be content in whatever situation he's in. He's learned that to live is Christ. And so that's something to rejoice in. And to die is gain. And so that's something he can rejoice in. And Paul is like has developed this to me, a mindset that is so hard to actually uh, embody and to actually cultivate for yourself. But there's something in it that the closer we get to it, I think the closer we are to seeing this world the way Christ calls us to. Uh, There are times that we're told told to rejoice at these hard times, but there are other times that we're told to rejoice in, in really good times, things that make sense. Uh, When you read through the Bible, you'll see that uh, joy is a natural Christian reaction to so many things. Like when when someone in the book of Acts is baptized, it'll often say, and they went on their way rejoicing. It's like, that's a wonderful thing. Someone was saved, a new body was added to the the body of Christ, a new person was added to the body of Christ, and you, you experience joy in that. Or when a sinner who has left the fold repents and comes back and is forgiven and is welcomed with open arms into the community. There is joy that comes from that. There's joy with the angels in heaven. They rejoice when they see that happening. The, the prodigal son, when he returns, there is a celebration that takes place. You know, I think as Christians, there are things that are worth celebrating that we need to remember to celebrate. You know, there are times that we can get so caught up in the, the day-to-day life that we live and, and church just becomes routine or or some of the things that you hear they just you know the 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 take place on the mission field or or take place here among us or whatever they just kind of become background noise to the daily focus of our lives and we don't take the time to actually rejoice and to celebrate the good things that are happening rejoice when you see a room full of people who just lifted up their voices together in the praise and glory of god that is a family you have now because of christ that you would not have had otherwise. That's something to rejoice in. When you consider the forgiveness of sins, when you take the Lord's Supper, these are things worth rejoicing in because they matter. They matter now and they matter for eternity. They matter for you and they matter for those next to you. You know, in in Israel, there are actually days throughout the year where they were commanded to have celebrations, uh, whether it's Passover. Have an annual reminder of God as the deliverer who rescued you from slavery and with a mighty arm delivered you from the Egyptians and gave you new life and new hope and new land and a new future. That's something not only worth celebrating when it happens, which they did. There was a wonderful celebration that took place. But it's something that you have an annual reminder of in Passover that God has done that for you. 
Sabbath is a weekly reminder of, of, I think, even those very ideas. Because one of the things they're told to do after they were delivered is to have Sabbaths every week that they, uh, that they, that they, uh, that they use uh, through kind of to set the rhythm of their life. And it's this way of pausing your life and remembering not to focus on earning a few extra bucks today and not to focus on your job and not to focus on the next advancement that you can, but just take a moment and rest in all that God has done for you. And, and Sabbath is wonderful because it's, it's a reminder. It's a reminder of the great deliverance that you have. It's a reminder that God is creator, yes, because he rested on the seventh day, but it's also a reminder that when you were in Egypt, you didn't get rest. And yet God delivered you from that. And so now everyone in the land, whether you're rich or whether you're poor, whether you're a king or whether you're a slave, like everyone in the land gets this day that equalizes all of them because God loves every one of them and freed every one of them from the house of Egypt. They all share in this together. That's an important thing to remember throughout your week, that God has given you rest. You can look at the Day of Atonement. You can look at uh, the Feast of Purim, which uh, is celebrated uh, from the book of Esther. Uh, Hanukkah is a celebration uh, from the Maccabean successful revolt against uh, uh, Antiochus IV Epiphanes. It's written about in the book of Maccabees, but you see Jesus celebrating it in John chapter 10. There it's called the Festival of Lights or the, the Feast of Lights. But in each of these, you get this celebration of some uh, monumental moment where God acted on behalf of his people. And it was a constant reminder of those things. As Christians, I think we should strive to have more days of celebration. More days where we remember the good that God has done for us. Remembering and celebrating the, the birthday of your baptism is something that it, it helps you set your year and, and think about who you are in terms of the most important rebirth that you had. Uh, there are things that, that are fairly common uh, that have caught on. Annual reminders of, say, the birth of Christ or, East, uh, or the resurrection. These are things commonly done at Christmas time and Easter time, and I think those are important. Uh, you know, I think there is value in setting aside time to remember and to celebrate the birth of Christ. Yeah, there is importance in setting aside time to remember and celebrate the resurrection of Christ, which gives us hope of life eternal. But then there's also other things you can do, uh, things that you can, we as a church family can do to spend time of celebration together. I mean, think about, think about what you have in Christ. Think about the family you now have in Christ. Think about the events that have taken place in your life throughout the history of the church that have taken place in the New Testament and through Jesus that shape who you are. Some of these things are, are regular parts of our lives, like what we're doing right now. We have sung songs together. Uh, how, how many, I mean, some of you may do this more commonly, some of you not so much, but how often do you gather together with a group this large and sing words of praise to what, about what matters most in your life with a whole group of other people? It, it's a unique experience, and it's something that I think is, is an important part of celebration. And we've done that now. That's, that's a regular part of our life together as community. The Lord's Supper where we remember Jesus' love for us through the self-offering on the cross and the victory over death through the resurrection that we still continue to partake in and to live into as a community of diverse believers that have been united by that blood and that have come together into that one body. When we do that on a weekly basis, it's, an, it's a weekly reminder, kind of like those days of, of Israel that were annual or weekly reminders. We have weekly reminders that we celebrate and also 
But then there's also things that we just do as a family here that, again, you can get so focused on your life that you forget to set aside time to enjoy and to celebrate and to rejoice in having a community with one another, having another family that you can experience highs and lows and joys together. Uh, just, I, I was looking at our bulletin, and we have so many things coming up that are reasons to celebrate and to spend time with each other. Uh, today at 1230, all of you are invited. There's going to be a wedding right here at the church building. Uh, uh, Randy Asbel and Eveline Peterson are getting married, uh, and you're invited to stay and to, to celebrate with your church family, and that, that's a good thing. That's something worth celebrating. Christians should celebrate good things. Um, Saturday night, this week, Saturday night, October 28th, there's, uh, we're doing something called uh, Who's Coming to Dinner? Where uh, you end up going to someone's house. You can sign up for it. Uh, there's, uh, there's more information on it that you could get. But you, you go to someone's house. You're not even sure who you're going to have dinner with. But you get to meet and interact with another person. And uh, that's a way of growing in your fellowship with another person. That's a way of getting to know other people in the community who you might not know as well. But th- that's a wonderful thing. And that's a reason for celebrating that you can go share a meal with people who otherwise... You never would if it weren't for uh, Christ. Um, Sunday, a week from today, uh, from 4 to 6, we're having our trunk or treat, which is, you know, parents can come together, and not only parents, but, but adults can come together and enjoy time. But you also get to see just the joy on so many of the kids who are part of this Christian community uh, coming together, wearing their costumes. It's, it's a good outreach because others uh, who are not part of this body come as well, and we get to, to give them candy. We get to show, uh, show the way we've decorated the trunks. We have a fun time, but that's a time of celebrating. It's a time of what Jesus talked about doing, was, which is uh, remembering the children and uh, making time for them, but those are important things. We have a fall family festival coming up, October the, or November the 10th through the 12th, Families can come together and spend time uh, uh, in a beautiful setting, uh, spend time, uh, you know, enjoying that setting, enjoying one another, worshiping God. It's like all of these things are things that we as a Christian community are doing together to spend time to celebrate. And what I want to encourage you to do is to take part of them. I want to encourage you to take advantage of those reminders when we come here to worship and to prioritize worship. Sign up to be a part of things that maybe you otherwise wouldn't be a part of. Uh, remember important moments in your life and in the lives of others so that we can celebrate. Because the reality is, and as I started off this lesson saying, we're told to rejoice at some strange times. Sometimes when things are hard, when there's trials, when there's persecution, when you feel alone. We're told to rejoice even at those times, and it's not the natural human response. It will not happen by accident you're not going to just want to. Uh, Sometimes you have to learn how to do things to make yourself respond. And when you have, throughout the week, times of worship and gathering with one another, uh, when you have Wednesday night times, you can come for Bible study. When you have Tuesday morning breakfast club, where you can come together and you can pray for one another, you can remember others, you can laugh with one another and enjoy a meal together. When you have trunk or treats and you see the kids smiling, when you have all of those things that you can make a part of your life and you can make a part of your schedule, then even though there are trials and difficulties, you're given moments in your life to celebrate through them. You're given good things to see and to remember so that you don't become overwhelmed only thinking about the struggles. Um, 
won't happen naturally. It's never easy to do. But that's why these are a part of our lives. That's why these moments of celebration are so important to make sure that we take hold of, that we commit ourselves to, and that we enjoy with one another. Remember the good news of the gospel. The gospel is good news. Uh, Sometimes we can watch the news so much we forget about that. The gospel is good news. You are forgiven. God is king. Every right or every wrong will be made right. And even the sickness and the death and the pains of this world will be done away through the very reign of God and the resurrection that we all hope to attain one day. So that even as the worst trials imaginable come our way, we can, through Christ, find reasons for glory in that. The challenge as we draw our lesson to a close is to remember to celebrate. Remember to rejoice in the salvation that you have in Christ. And to take advantage of some of the opportunities we have to rejoice communally with one another. Sign up for something that you otherwise uh, maybe wouldn't have or have not yet. And commit yourself. I'm going to make this a regular part of my life. I'm going to make celebrating with Christians, spending time with Christians, remembering what matters most with my church family a regular part of my life. Because we offer things and we, we know that's essential. We know it's hard to do it alone. In fact, you can't do it alone. Christianity was never intended to be done alone. Celebration is a lot more fun when you have other people of like mind who are celebrating with you. So let's remember what matters most. And if there's anyone here who maybe you've looked at your life and you have wandered from Christ, or maybe you haven't received the salvation that Christ offers, you can rejoice today. You can have your sins washed away and you can become a new creation in Christ. You can live for him. You can have new family. You can have new hope that transcends even death. And you can be part of the body of Christ now and forevermore. And if we can help you do that, please let it be known. You can talk to one of our elders in the room in the back. uh, Or you can come and sit on the front row while we stand and as we sing.